Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night as I am recording this well after the Nuggets win over uh, whoever they played, uh, the, the Detroit Pistons. It honestly didn't even matter. What, whatever team that they played tonight was a complete... Uh, it, it was not a good basketball team, is what I will say. Uh, the Nuggets won this game 104 to 91. Uh, Denver, they played some of their starters, in- including the ones that mattered most, Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Other than that, they started uh, Marcus Howard, Vlako Chanchar, and Austin Rivers. You know, the God Squad, the, the team that it was was going to take it to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. And then they took it to the Detroit Pistons tonight. And it really wasn't this close. Like this game, if Denver put back in Nikola Jokic and really wanted to run away with this one, they could have. Uh, this game sort of floated around the the 10 to 20 point threshold for most of the time. And it is what it is. Like this Nuggets team, they they didn't have a ton to play for other than the fact that it's it's honestly pride at this point. And there are some seeding things that we're going to talk about that I think winning this game, Denver, it may it may not have been in their best interest in order to do so, but they did the ethical thing. Nikola Jokic played in his 71st game out of 71, and he is probably going to play on Sunday to finish playing all 72 games. Whether he plays in the second half of that game remains to be seen, but Nikola Jokic is an Iron Man. He has continued to prove that over the course of this time. We're not going to talk that much about this particular game because there really isn't that much to glean from a game where the Pistons started Jaleel Okafor, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, who else did they even start? Uh, it's 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 honestly just running right through my mind right now. Um, yeah, it doesn't even really matter. Like this this team was not good. That they just faced. Uh, Josh Jackson, uh, Killian Hayes, who's their their starting or their rookie, and Sadiq Bey is who is their other rookie, other than Isaiah Stewart. Uh, it was not a good team. And that's really the extent of the analysis that you're probably going to get from me. So the bulk of this podcast, or, or at least half of it, is going to focus on the playoffs, is going to focus on those matchups because that's what this game really impacts. That's what really. It's what people want to hear about. People want to know who the Nuggets are going to play in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. Anything could really happen. If Denver wins, uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's let's talk about this game tonight. Uh, let's start with Jokic. It really was just a an any old performance from Nikola Jokic in that first quarter. He was very aggressive, despite the fact that he was starting with Marcus Howard, Austin Rivers, Michael Porter, and Vlako Chanchar. He looked really good. 20 points on 11 shots for Jokic, didn't attempt a three, was mostly inside the arc tonight, wanted to dominate inside. 15 rebounds to go with his 20 points, 11 assists, just one turnover, and I don't even remember which turnover it was. There was a long period where he didn't have a turnover. He was just in his bag and very comfortable with the entire situation, and he went right at Jaleel Okafor on several occasions tonight. It certainly seems like he knows exactly which players are were were talked about in the same vein as him when he was coming up in the league. 
uh, whether he did or did not. Maybe maybe that's me just kind of projecting here, but Jaleel Okafor back in the 2015-16 season, sort of the first casualty on Jokic's ascension up to up the young big man rankings. It was then Kristaps Porzingis, then it was Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Miles Turner was in there somewhere. Joel Embiid, he has since passed, in my opinion. Uh, Okafor was one of those guys that there was a, a Reddit thread that that showed up in my mentions today where the question was, who would you rather have, Nikola Jokic or Jaleel Okafor? This was a real Reddit thread that happened uh, somewhere around five years ago. So it was a thing that people thought, and Jokic, it might have gotten back to him. So very interesting to to see where those two players have kind of ended up. Uh, Jokic was good, and you don't really need me to tell you that. He just filled up the box score, controlled the entire game, made use of Marcus Howard and all of the players around him and and their skill sets. Uh, Did a good job of finding both Porter and Vlatko early for cuts. That was a really good piece of early offense for Denver. And that's just kind of how it is with him. He just shows up to work does his job every single day, and you never see him taking a day off. That's just the kind of ethos and the kind of player that he is. So good to see from him. And he didn't really need to prove anything tonight, but he did. Marcus Howard, 20 points for him, another career high. And I thought that tonight's game, even more so than the Minnesota game, I thought that tonight he did a good job of hunting the right shots, of not like, of not falling prey, of just trying to get up shots whenever you can get into the game. I thought the shots that he had tonight in his 34 minutes, uh, he took 14 shots, led the team, but most of those were really, really good. There were two of them late in the first and the third quarter where he tried to get one up at the buzzer. Uh, he got blocked on both of those attempts. So really, he was nine of 12 on shots that were kind of like within the flow. And it looked really good. Jokic grabbed a lot of his assists through Marcus Howard and through the way that Howard continued to move around the floor. There were several possessions tonight where Howard was moving along the three-point line, along the arc, cutting, spacing, running, moving, and doing the things that Jokic wants his off-ball guys to do. Jokic is the stationary facilitator, and Howard is a great moving target. Howard is somebody who collected the ball on DHOs several times. One of those times, he got right to the middle of the lane. Nobody contesting him at the rim. It was wide open. He, he said he was surprised about that one after the game. And then there were others where he came off of a DHO to his right, kind of off uh, the elbow extended area, and dribbled towards the paint one time, took a little step back, and he was wide open in the midrange. There are a lot of things to like about Marcus Howard. Uh, 20 points, three rebounds, two assists tonight. Did have four turnovers, but he's going to have some growing pains for sure. Um, A lot of things to like about the way that he was attacking. I thought he was an efficient attacker. He picked and chose his spots really well. And it wasn't like he was hunting his shot the entire game. Sometimes he let Porter go get it. Sometimes he let Jokic do his thing. Sometimes it was Austin Rivers, Flacco Chanchar. Really, with Howard, he's going to have to find a good balance between hunting his own shot and letting other people cook. 
he has to find an and he has to find a way to navigate the offense and and be a threat on the perimeter even when he's not the focal point all the time. Denver made him the focal point tonight and he responded to it really well. So it's going to be interesting to see how he improves and what he continues to do because he shot those shots at an at an excellent rate tonight. He was very efficient, he was very effective, and I think teams are going to look at a performance like this and think, okay, well, he can definitely score, and he has good scoring instincts. The size is going to be a problem, but if he can get strong enough and he can still take advantage of his quickness, everybody knows that he can shoot the basketball. If he can shoot it efficiently, teams are going to want him. So he may not be on the team next year, but I think it's more and more likely that with what he has shown over these last few games, he's going to get another NBA opportunity. And that's all you can really ask for. Michael Porter had a tough game tonight. Perhaps the rest day wasn't really good for him. He could be a guy like Jamal Murray, who when he's in a rhythm, when he's trying to do his thing, the worst thing to do, like even if it might be good for his body, the worst thing for him to do might be to sit out. Because he was playing really well and had a Three straight games above 28 points heading into this one, other than other than the rest game. And tonight, it just it wasn't a good performance from him. Nine points on 11 shots, one of seven from three, uh, three of 11 from the field, which means he was two of four inside the arc as well. The shot chart wasn't great. He had three makes tonight. Two of them were on cuts in the first quarter from Jokic off of passes from Jokic. The other nine shots were either uh, perimeter threes. There was one uh, one shot that was blocked by Josh Jackson at the free throw line with, with him trying to isolate. And there was another kind of a uh, leaning like eight foot, nine foot hook shot on the left side of the base, on the left side of the key. Not a good shot selection tonight. And you would like to see him continue to force the issue trying to get efficient looks. He is an efficient jump shooter, don't get me wrong, but there are times to take those shots, and I thought that coming off of a rest day, you want to try to work the entirety of your game. And him passing up on a lot of those uh, opportunities and instead just jacking up shots from three, I don't think that was very conducive of getting ready for the playoffs. And that's something that he's going to have to learn. I hope that he is ready for the playoffs, and maybe this is just an aberration. But it's not like he had a tough matchup tonight. Josh Jackson's not a great defender. And he had, like, who else did he have? Like, he had a couple of guys tonight. It could have been Sadiq Bey. It could have been Killian Hayes. It could have been Hamadou Diallo. Like, those guys are athletic, but they're not tough. So... I hope that he finds a better way to navigate that. I bet he probably plays on Sunday. It would be good to see him play well against the Portland Trailblazers. That would be the best thing for him. Um, Vlatko, uh, I think he's proven that he can fit into a rotation. Like He's good enough as a, as a defender, as an offensive player, as kind of a, a do-it-all type, that he can do some of those things. Uh, 11 points on nine shots tonight, only attempted one three. 
that's probably my biggest concern with him is that I don't think he's willing to let it fly in a lot of cases, but did have an and one tonight off of a dribble drive, Uh, had four rebounds, including two offensive, had two steals, only had one turnover, was uh, second on the team in plus minus. He was out there for good minutes, and uh, along with Jokic, he he paired well with what Jokic was doing, and, and that was getting the ball back to Jokic, using him as a cutting option, and continuing to do good things both with and without the ball. Um, I doubt that he plays in the playoffs. It would be shocking to me, honestly, if he did. Denver's probably going to get some guys back. And once they do, I think they're more likely to go with three guards than they are to go with Vlatko at small forward. And they have enough power forwards and centers, in my opinion. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they do. But good on Vlatko for taking advantage of this time. He's going to get more reps tomorrow, or uh, Sunday, excuse me. And we'll see what he can do with them. That'll be a really, really good test against the Blazers. Uh, to see whether he deserves an opportunity going into next season. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Last thing on the players, Monte Morris returned to Michigan tonight. He's from Flint, Michigan. He went to uh, Iowa State. He's in this kind of Midwest area, and he was playing in front of a lot of family and friends tonight. Uh, He looked really good. He was an efficient scorer tonight, made some good decisions with the ball. Uh, Coming off the bench, 18 minutes, 15 points on 6 of 10 from the field. Only attempted one three, but hit it. Only attempted two free throws, but hit those two. Three assists, one steal, one turnover. Third on the team in plus minus tonight at plus 10. Good to see. Good to see. You want to see uh, Monte continue to progress. And again, he didn't have the toughest matchup. This definitely wasn't the... uh, this wasn't the playoff caliber opponent that you want to test his medal against. So he's going to play again on Sunday. I think that he'll probably play a significant amount. They'll try to continue to ramp him up. I kind of doubt that uh, he starts because I think the Faku is going to start. He's just kind of ready and has been playing really well. But it wouldn't surprise me if Monte and Faku play a lot together at various times, because having good decision makers on the floor, smart defenders, smart offensive players, is going to work the best in the playoffs. That's what Denver has found. And if they can trust those guys together to not be taken advantage of size-wise, then that'll be a big deal. If they can't, then it could be 48 total minutes of those guys rather than 55 or 60 or whatever you would prefer to play them. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they do. But good on good on Monte for staying with the process and said he looks good, said he feels good. And uh, and I believe him, like he, he did. So the Nuggets are going to miss, like they, they've, Nuggets fans I think have missed Monte. And one of the things that really stands out, the Nuggets need him. And they need his versatility as a scorer and playmaker. Because if there's one thing that Faku doesn't really do consistently, it's score the basketball off the dribble. Faku can do it. Like it's it's not like he can't, but it's not really like 
his strength. Uh, his strength is getting other guys involved. It's hounding people defensively. It's making clutch shots off the catch. It's not really dribble jumpers. And the, so that's what Monte can do. And he's one of the only players on Denver that I feel comfortable doing that at a consistent level. So we'll see whether he can continue to do it. We'll see whether he continues to create those looks. And if they drop at an efficient rate, then Denver's going to be okay. That much I know for certain. And then just kind of a note on the Pistons. Uh, This game wasn't really like a fun game to watch. And one of the reasons was the shooting. The Pistons, they shot 6 of 37 from 3. That is good for, I think that says 16%, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, 16%. That's ugly. That is not good. Denver, they shot 28%, and they nearly doubled up the Pistons. That is not a great sign. Um, Davidus Savitas, or whatever whatever his name is, Servitas, uh, he was a guy who came off the bench for the Pistons in that second, in that first quarter, in that first half, and was just lighting the Nuggets up. So had he stayed in the game, then maybe the Pistons would have won this one, but he got hurt like towards halftime at the beginning of the third quarter in or in around that area and could just never come back into the game. Um, but yeah, that team, they, they weren't playing for a lot. Uh, Killian Hayes looked really bad too. And you, you don't like to see that from a seventh overall pick who, uh, he kind of had his season lost to injury. So you never want to see that. You hope he recovers, but I mean, Nuggets fans, probably not your problem. So it's all good. Um, okay. That is really all I have for this game. I'm at the 18 minute mark or so. And, uh, and that's pretty short, but let's be honest, this game was kind of a snoozer and I was already on the recap. So I've already done my, my homework on some of these games. Uh, if you have, if you want my extended thoughts on the game, then, uh, I did the recap and took some notes. Uh, but yeah, take a look at that on denverstiffs.com. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the playoffs. But first, this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You guys will be listening to this on a Saturday. Uh, UFC 262, the card is going to be on Saturday night. Uh, Make sure to check that out. And DraftKings Sportsbook, they're going to give you a great deal on all of the action from the fights from Nate Diaz's fight to Michael Chandler's fight. There's going to be a lot of action on the undercard and the main card for this particular heavyweight offer. Uh, This is going to be very fun. This weekend, DraftKings is offering 100 to 1 odds if you can predict who will win on the main card title fight. One fighter is going to be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? If you can select the main fighter on DraftKings Sportsbook, they will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's right. Just bet $1 on select fighters and they will win you $100 just off of that bet. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure to check them out. They are safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download their DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main fighter card this weekend for a limited time. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. at it. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can, please leave a rating, uh, a rating review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, that would be awesome. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, let's be honest. I uh, I read all the, I, do, I read all of the reviews. I do my best to bring good content to you guys and I want to make sure that if you're giving me good feedback, then I will place that into account. So, I read this this most recent review, this recent review. Excuse me. And if I could stop stammering, that would be great. Uh, I love to listen to this podcast uh, right before I go to sleep. Uh, that was from Dirty Love on Wednesday, so I, I got a I got a chuckle out of that one. Uh, Ryan has the perfect voice for late night analysis. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, is it is it just like a a very smooth and buttery voice? Is that what we're talking about here? I, I don't know, but. Uh, it gave me a good chuckle, so thank you so much to whoever submitted that one. Uh, if you can, leave a rating and review on iTunes. It helps grow the game, so thank you so much. Okay, I promised that I would be going into detail on the play-in picture, on the, the playoff tournaments, whatever you want to call it. The Western Conference is currently a mess, and here's why. The Nuggets have been one of the only teams that has done a they like because of what they did and because of them winning over the course of these last few. They haven't been tanking. They've been trying to win. The Clippers, they lost this last game to the Houston Rockets, which I don't know if you've been following the Houston Rockets, but any team that can lose to the Houston Rockets, it's pretty impressive because Houston is trying to lose. They have the worst record in baseball, basketball, and it is a is a pretty sad state of affairs to lose to that team. The Clippers they started uh, they started several players tonight that were going to give them an opportunity to lose, uh, and the players that they didn't start to give an opportunity to lose, they benched pretty quickly. Uh, what do I mean that by that? Uh, Ivisa Zubac, who's the starting center for the Clippers. He, uh, yeah, he was benched after three minutes into the game. Not sure why that was. Uh, I looked for an explanation on Twitter, but it seemed like he just, uh, he got a little tired from running up and down against the Houston Rockets and they pulled him really early. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they don't play. Patrick Beverly, of course, doesn't play. Uh, they, they rested pretty much everybody tonight to the point where they started a guy by the name of Jaden Scrub. And if you're starting a guy whose last name is Scrub, then we know that you're, what you're probably doing. Uh, they lost intentionally tonight to the Houston Rockets. And because they did that and the Nuggets won, Denver is now the three seed. Because of that, Denver is now currently slated to face the Portland Trailblazers, 
at the 6 spot in the 3-6 matchup. The problem, and the reason Denver can control their own fate here, is they face Portland on Sunday in the final game of the year. Portland, they want to win that game. They would prefer to face Denver over dropping into the play-in tournament. And if they lost that game, and if the Lakers won their next two, then the Lakers would jump up to six. Denver, if they win on Sunday, they clinch three, which means that they would clinch a spot against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. Now, me personally, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I would not want to play the Lakers in the first round, and here's why. I do not think that gives Denver the best chance to advance as far as they can possibly go. I think that Denver, despite the fact that you could you could sell yourselves on, on Denver catching the Lakers early, on the Lakers not being ready to handle Denver immediately, not being ready to handle the MVP, it may not matter because the Lakers have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. Those two guys, they're going to get healthy. And if they win these next two games and Denver wins over Portland, actually, it doesn't even take that because the Clippers, they could try to intentionally lose again to the Oklahoma City Thunder in their final game of the season. If the Clippers lose that game, then they will ensure that they do not hop up to the 3-6 matchup. Now, here's, here's the thing. The Clippers, with their loss tonight to the Houston Rockets, they have ensured that they will not face the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Because if, let's say, the Clippers win and Denver loses, uh, that's, what it, that's what it's going to take for the Clippers to get back up to the three seed. If Denver loses, then that ensures that Portland is at six, which then says to me that, okay, you've got the Clippers at the three, six against the Portland Trailblazers, and you've got the Nuggets at the four, five against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, If Dallas lost, then they would still, then they would go down to face the Clippers and the Blazers would get all the way up to five to face the Nuggets in that scenario. So Denver still has a lot of different scenarios to play out now, and they are dependent on the Lakers winning their next two games. Now, the Lakers, if they lose to Indiana on Saturday, everything gets simplified. They get locked into the play-in game. There is no way in hell they can get out of the play-in game at that point. So Denver, they don't have to tank. They don't have to do anything. Uh, the the Blazers, they don't have to worry about trying to stay out of the playing game. If the Lakers lose on Saturday to the Indiana Pacers, that is how it goes. If they win, then everything becomes difficult because Dallas will go into their final matchup at 42 and 29. Portland will go into it at 41 and 30. The Lakers will go into it at 41 and 30. The Blazers have the head-to-head tiebreaker, so if they win, they avoid it. If the Lakers win and Portland loses, then then, uh, the Lakers will jump up to six. They cannot jump up to five. There is no way. 
Um, because the Mavericks have a head-to-head tiebreaker. Guaranteed. Um, so, because of that, Denver, I think that it is in their best interest to lose. I think that if they want to advance as far in the playoffs as they can, they don't want to catch the Lakers before they have to. If Denver loses and the Clippers win over the Thunder, then the Blazers are at 6 in all likelihood. Dallas is at 5 in all likelihood. That might change. Like We still might see Denver kind of be stuck there, but they wouldn't have to face the Lakers. I think that they can beat anybody else. I think that I would favor them over the Mavericks or the Blazers. Against the Clippers, it's a coin flip. Against the Suns, Suns are probably favored a little bit. Against the Jazz, Jazz are probably favored. Against the Lakers, the Lakers are favored heavily. It is what it is. You want to give your team the best possible shot that they can have. And Denver deserves the best possible shot that they can get. They need time to get healthy. They need time to get Will Barton integrated again. I want the opportunity to face the Lakers. I was hoping to have it with Murray. But I would settle for facing the Lakers as long as you had the other members of the roster available. Like if you have P.J. Dozier and if you have Will Barton, you have Monte Morris back to full strength. You still have Vaku Campazzo. Uh, you still have Austin Rivers and Shaq Harrison. You have Michael Porter Jr., who after a couple playoff series, or maybe just one, maybe it would just be one, but you have him after a playoff series as well, where he just understands kind of the ebbs and flows of being the second option on a playoff team better than he did before, because he was not even the third option when he was with the Nuggets last year. He was just kind of like a break glass in case of emergency type player. It was Murray and it was Jokic. It's those two. Perhaps not even, perhaps in that order, actually. So Jokic, he's going to be fine as the first option no matter what. But the Nuggets, they need to get time for Porter to get ready. I don't know if he's ready yet. It's going to take him a little bit, at least just a little bit of time to adjust. If he gets that time, then you never know. Maybe the Nuggets would be good options to face the Lakers. Now, Porter still has to defend either LeBron or AD, but they have to defend him too. Like, LeBron isn't going to be able to rest in all likelihood. He might be able to. Like, maybe they play LeBron on, uh, like, Will Barton, or, and then they have KCP defending Michael Porter like he did last time. But if Denver can kind of dictate that matchup, if Porter defeats that matchup, then they'd have to move LeBron onto somebody else. I don't know. I want to see Jokic, and I want to see Porter, and I want to see the Nuggets do well. I would like to see them win games. I do not think that facing their worst matchup early in the playoffs is a good thing. There is an argument for it being so. There is an argument for this being just a crap year for Murray having gone down, and you just want to see how you match up with Porter, 
Gordon and Jokic at the 3-4-5. And you want to see that against the toughest competition you can find. Maybe that's good enough. Maybe if you get six to seven games of that, good data, then that's good enough for you in this cursed season. It's not good enough for me, though. That's not what I would want. I'd want to face them, but I'd want to do it after trying to win some other playoff series first. I want to see Jokic be the best player in a series against Luka. I want to see him do it in a best... I want to see him be the best player in a series against Dame. I want to see him continue to do these things because that will help Denver's profile. If they win these series without without Murray and Porter continues to do his thing, that's a big deal. That's what you want to see. I think it would give Denver a lot of confidence heading into the postseason next year. Because if they go out on a with a whimper against the Lakers in the first round, people are going to be clowning Denver. Saying, this is your MVP? Really? He just lost to the, to the Lakers again. The Lakers are the Nuggets' fathers. Something that, will, that people will say. I don't want to hear that. I would much rather them get a better chance against another team. It doesn't mean that you're ducking them. You still have to face them at some point. But I want to see Denver win a series, get their legs under them with this new group, and then go attack the Beast. Not before. That's all I ask. We're going to see what happens, though. Uh, The final schedule for these teams is as thus. Uh, Phoenix, they will play San Antonio twice on Saturday and Sunday. Utah will play Sacramento once on Sunday. If Phoenix wins both of those games uh, and Utah loses against Sacramento, then Phoenix will be the one seed. I think that Denver would prefer to face Phoenix than Utah, personally. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not right. But I feel pretty confident about the Nuggets defending the Suns. Like, if they have to defend a bunch of mid-range jumpers from CP3 and from Devin Booker, they, they they can manage that. Where they get into trouble is where a team stretches them all the way out to the three-point line. And Utah does just that. So I'd much rather have Phoenix at one, Utah at two, the Clippers at three, Denver at four, Dallas at five, Portland at six, and the Lakers at seven. That would be my preference. Whether it happens or not remains to be seen. But I'm looking forward to the playoffs regardless. This is a great opportunity for Denver to prove themselves. And if they did some incredible things, just trying to live up to the name of Jokic being MVP, the expectations on Porter, trying to make up for the loss of Jamal, it would be a great story if they did just that. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to see what they do. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I should be back tomorrow, uh, going to interview somebody in all likelihood, potentially a Portland Trailblazers writer, and that should be a lot of fun. I uh, should get a good insight on that matchup on Sunday. If not, it is what it like. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to double up on podcasts next week. 
we're just going to see. Having a lot of fun with it. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you can. That is going to do it for this one. I'll talk to you guys very soon.